Welcome back to Women Making Moves, where we celebrate the moves that women are making. My name is Amy Pons. I'm a master certified life coach and a soul healer. I'm joined today with Watis Gavings. Watis, co-founder and managing partner, previously spent more than 12 years at Discover Financial Services. Most recently, she was the celebrated director of operations and community outreach for Discover's Chatham Customer Care Center. Watis was the boots-on-the-ground leader executing on Discover's groundbreaking social impact effort to relocate 1,000 customer care jobs to the south side of Chicago. Raised in Chicago, Watis is a South Side girl through and through. In the summer of 2020, after the murder of George Floyd, Watis had to confront that systemic racism her mother thought she left in Chicago was still present and needed talented people who were willing to confront them. Watis acted on her instinct and made a decision to leave her corporate life in order to join an organization with a core mission of eradicating inequities. That's when Watis learned about Discover's intent to have a place-based investment on Chicago's South Side, 10 minutes away from where she grew up. After agreeing to lead the effort, Watisse's commitment to Discover and equity perfectly collided to set her on fire. In the first two years, Watisse was able to support the hiring of more than 600 employees that lived on Chicago's South Side, accomplishing benchmark performance, industry low attrition, historic supplier diversity spend, and groundbreaking technology apprenticeship programs to add pathways to success for South Side residents. Watisse was responsible for building mutually beneficial public and private partnerships. Beyond a professional breakthrough, the summer of 2020 brought an awakening for Watis. She is redefining what it means to be a modern woman. Her convictions spread throughout the city of Chicago, defying cultural, religious, gender, and socioeconomic boundaries. It only takes a brief encounter with Watis to understand why her magnetic leadership makes her an instant favorite and why her fearless authenticity makes her a force. Watis has a unique way of connecting with people who are underserved and using her lived experience to be a bridge of advocacy and all the way to corporate C-suites. She understands that the only thing that separates her from Chicagoans that live on the margin is opportunity. Watis is driven by obligation to fight for the world as it should be. With her down-to-earth personality, unique swag, and captivating journey, there's no question why she's an emerging thought leader, but it is her convictions that drives her to use her platform to do whatever she can to usher in a better Chicago. Watis, welcome! Amy, thank you so much for, for having me. It has been a minute. We were just trying to figure out. It was probably, let's see, the last time we chatted was... 2020 or 2021 yes that was right in the thick of building yeah it's been a while wow so Chicago so do you actually live downtown not that you needed to share your address but no, no no I do not live downtown I am a girl from the south side and so when I moved back home to Chicago uh in 2020 I had the opportunity to kind of pick my poison and, and still the south side had my heart so I'm a, a woodlawn a resident, which for those who may be listening that's not as familiar with Chicago, Woodlawn's just a small uh, neighborhood uh, next to High Park, which is kind of popular given that's where the Obamas kind of raised their family. Um, and then Woodlawn, which is the next door community, is going to be home to the new Obama Presidential Library. So um, it's an awesome spot on the rise with with, with great neighbors. So I, I really enjoy living there. Very cool. I've actually been there. It's been a it's been a little while. I'm on the I'm in the north suburbs, but I have found myself going downtown quite a bit for community network related events. So I, I'm I'm there quite a bit. So it's really exciting. Yeah. Next time you're you're in the city, you have to let me know. We can grab a meal or a coffee or a drink and and catch up. I'd love that. I would love that too. It's so great to see you. So you have a lot happening. Uh, We're going to get into a post that you made on LinkedIn a little bit that talks about Just Act Partners. But tell me about the moves that you're excited to be making besides the in your career. But I loved in the bio that you said that you're you're exploring an awakening and redefining what it is to be a modern woman. I find that many of us, including myself, we're out here doing that right now. And so for you as redefining being a modern woman, 
what kinds of moves does that include making both in your personal, professional, spiritual, any, any types of worlds you'd like to talk about? Yeah. You know, last year, 23 was a, was a very interesting year for me. It was uh, transitioning from corporate life into my new venture, but I did intentionally take a few months off and that was probably the best thing that could have ever happened to me. When you think about just how busy we are with work, I mean, most of us, you know, from the time we graduate high school or higher ed, just work the rest of our lives up till retirement. And so like, I am now a huge fan of like a gap year or a gap period in time. And I didn't take a full year off, but I did take a few months off and enjoyed the summer. And it may sound silly, but I just rediscover all the simple things in my life that I enjoy that I didn't make space for before, right? Like being off over the summer and just sitting on the porch to have my you know, morning orange juice was something that just brought me an immense amount of joy that I've committed myself that no matter when I go back to work or how that looks, I'm going to have my my drink on the front porch. It was walking on a lake. I, I remember I used to drive on the way to the office every day down Lakeshore Drive and see people running. And I joke and say, man, like I really want to be one of those people that run on the beach. Not everything that I make time for, but now I go for a walk. I'm not quite running, but I go for walks, you know, on the beach. So it's things like that, that I think that last year did for me has helped me really to resubscribe to all the things that I love but also it's even thinking about like family and life and planning I think oftentimes as women especially when you've acquired a little bit of success you kind of told this go-getter line but there is like this element of myself that I like too like I like being a soft woman that slows down and enjoys the everyday pleasures of life and I like to brunch with girlfriends I like to go out on dates and do all the things that oftentimes work in career and life sometimes restrict you from being able to do. And so for me, that's been like the redefinition. I'm, I'm thinking about family planning. I'm not married yet. I am dating, but you know, does that mean I have to wait to have my first child? No. I mean, there are so many options with science that could produce that sooner. So for me, it, that that's what it means to like redefine being a modern woman. I think oftentimes we tell ourselves the lives that we can't have the family that we want. We can't have a career that we want. We can't travel and enjoy all the pleasures of life and we have to compromise and give something up. But I think it's possible for us to be able to do all those things with grace and grit and live a full life. Giving honor to all that you just said. You know, I really resonate with a lot of that you said because I did too take an intentional pause when I, I realized that I had come to a point where in my corporate career of almost 20 years, I had become a shell. I, I was just in autopilot. I was just doing, 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 living only in the masculine. And I was really, I now know, looking back, that I was really yearning for that divine feminine. She was calling me and I didn't know how to do it back then. Uh -huh. And, you know, I didn't know how to call her in. And so I too took an intentional pause before I got started again. I almost did the same exact thing uh, because fear, scarcity, and living in only the masculine, which has become, for me, I know that society, we've been skewed in the masculine for so long, it's become toxic, you know, for all humans. Um, and so I'm out here redefining or actually creating what that balance looks like between the feminine and masculine and that we can have both and that we can really be successful and, and do the things, but also feel into it and care about humanity. And that's where I feel it really called about the work that you've started up doing. Well, you've always been doing it. I've always looked up to you you know, back when we were doing that. But what's really beautiful is that I feel and flow now. And that's the most important thing to me. And 
I really resonate with what you're saying about finding the joys in life. Again, I call them glimmers. So before I was only triggered, I felt triggered all the time. Everything was happening to me. I stepped into this beautiful world of everything happening for me and seeing the glimmers. Now that's not suggesting that everything's perfect and Pollyanna and things like that, but I am able to work as a co-creator in the universe with my spirit guides or with my team to say, what is next? What does that look like? And what could it look like? And then in turn, I'm helping women around the world do the same. So what's your favorite joy today? You listed several, but what is the favorite joy if you had to pick one? Man, I have so many, but I would say currently uh, my favorite joy is just connecting with friends and family. Like, you know, I, I like to coin myself as a extroverted introvert, which is true where, you know, in order for me to regain my energy, I kind of need that quiet time at night, which I usually get because I live alone. But I would say more recently, like I'm starting to get joy from people, but it's, it's amazing what happens when you find your people. And I know we're going to talk about it a little bit later, but, you know, being in the spaces and lanes of work that I'm in now, and really just talking to people about humanity and how we're going to do work to enhance our city and what does it mean to, you know, recognize the humanity in others. It's just such an enjoyable space for me that I find that's where my source of energy comes from. Whereas before I would give out so much throughout the day that I just wanted to go and retreat at night. But now, you know, it's, it's the best part of my day when I can have, you know, a, a glass of wine with a girlfriend at the end of both of our work days and just meet at a local bar or, you know, over the last couple of weeks, I've, met up with friends just to catch what's happening on restaurant week. And so that to me is a, is a healthy indicator that, you know, I'm flowing in the spaces that God's intended for me to flow in because there isn't this reservation on, you know, what's the right space for me, but it's understanding that all of those things, like you mentioned, is it's kind of a divine appointment in my life and just really living that. So I'd say that's my favorite, you know, joy right now, especially in the winter. Like I'm not a big winter person. The sunlight going away super early is not my favorite thing to do. And so I kind of just want to retreat and hide. I feel like my bedtime shifts earlier three hours because of the the, the patterns of the sun. But I get so much energy even now in the winter with just kind of being out with friends and hosting folks at the house. It's, it's something I really enjoy. Oh, that's beautiful. And to your point, like you're allowed to do that now because you have space and capacity in which to do so because of the workday. I'll put work in quotes. I don't know about you, but I feel like it's, I call it my bodies of flow. Like the the way that I'm thinking about the way I earn a living now today. And I know I'm here on this space and plane to make that global impact and help people shift back into the humanity of the day to day. So that recharges me. And now I have capacity at, at nighttime, which I didn't have before. So I really, I love that you said that. That's amazing. I also chuckle because I also say, I'm like, I belong on beaches. And I'm like, I like refuse to leave Chicagoland. (laughs) Listen, that was one of the things I discovered this summer as well. I I pride myself on the notion that life is better at the beach. And I used to try to chase the beach as much as I possibly could. But having a summer off in Chicago, and, and while, you know, I know Chicago weather sometimes get a bad rap, but it is the most beautiful city in the world for 75 days of the year. And if you can maximize those 75 days and spend time out on the water on the lake, man, it's awesome. Like there are so many great beachfronts up and down the lake that just sitting out there like on a random Tuesday was just the most magical thing for me. So that is one of the great things about living here in Chicago is you can find a little bit of all the things that you need. You're absolutely right. I'm reminded that days when I want to just pack up and move to like French Polynesia, uh, my husband will remind me lovingly. He's like, but you love snow and you love 
the crisp fall afternoons and evenings of like, yeah, yeah, I know. Okay, so we're going to get to the point where we have vacation hut. I don't even want like a big house or I want a hut yeah. like on the beach that I can just go hang out once in a while. So I'm so happy to hear that you had that time, especially to just sit on the beach and absorb the beauty of Chicago, the 75 days. <laughs> I've never looked at it that way. That's great. So you touched on a little bit of the spaces and lanes that you're in these days. And I'm going to read a post. It's actually the launch of your your new consultancy, Just Act Partners, but I'm going to read from a week ago. Matt Johansson and I are excited to share the launch of our new consultancy, Just Act Partners. After more than 40 combined years in corporate life, we are hanging our own shingle with a social enterprise to partner with efforts to advance equity in Chicago. Matt and I shared some thoughts in an op-ed why we are choosing to invest our time, talents, and treasures to ensure all Chicagoans have access to opportunity. We love this city and believe in its future, but we know equity is not something that will just happen. We must fight for it. Matt and I met just over three years ago when we were destined to join forces in launching one of the city's most notable corporate place-based investments. The most immediate and striking aspect of our partnership was that we are a generation apart in age and worlds apart in our lived experiences, but it was quickly clear that there was magic in our duo. And together we will continue the magic with Just Act Partners. We want to be a model of advocacy as a firm that is majority owned and led by a Black woman. Beyond the power of our partnership, we believe that there is also power in challenging traditional structures and promoting equity in the way we run our firm. Watis, what is that magic? I have the pleasure of knowing both of you for a long, well, Matt, for a much longer time and you for a shorter amount of time. But I I wasn't shocked. I wasn't surprised at all when I saw this come out. I was like, awesome. Yes. Yes. Chicago. Yes. You have no idea what's coming. Well, they do. We do. But um, I was so, so excited. And I've seen that magic. Yeah, you know, I think that the city of Chicago is, is is one of the most beautiful cities in the world. You know, when you think about the diversity of our city, while segregated, it's still diverse. When you think about the educational institutions here, people come from all over the world to get educated at some of our universities. When you think about the business ecosystem and how not one industry monopolized the majority of our ecosystem and our economy here in Chicago. When you think about the nonprofit ecosystem and, and, and the great work that happens here. I mean, Chicago is the model for a lot of national brand organizations. There's a lot of beauty here. But when you go to certain neighborhoods and certain pockets of certain neighborhoods, that beauty isn't the same. And, and it looks different. It's almost like, you know, lost gems. And I think that one of the things that I've learned since returning back home to Chicago is when it comes down to things like our neighborhoods and, and what matters the most to me, I can't just sit around and wait for something to happen, right? And over the last three years, I was super grateful for my opportunity to work and lead the initiative that Discover did in Chatham. It was an honor of a career, but quite honestly, it was really the thing that kind of set my passions on fire to understand that in order for all Chicagoans to thrive, there is one simple answer that's missing from our neighborhoods, and that's jobs, right? People need jobs in order to have access to a meaningful career, And having a single job is just the start. We can't even get into all the other outcomes that a quality job can have on the family and really change the trajectory of a family. I, you know, as a young girl, my mother moved us 1,700 miles away to get us access to opportunities in a quality life. No parent should have to make that decision. Obviously, moving and exploring and seeing new places is a great thing, but you should do that because you want to do it, not because you have to do it because there's no opportunities available. And so the work that we did in Chatham, Uh, Matt and I, it was super interesting. Every single day was a learning journey for both he and I. Uh, Here we are. We are a generation apart in age. Uh, We joke all the time and say that I am 30 days younger than Matt's oldest son. So he's old enough to literally be my father. 
And then we also have, you know, we are world apart in lived experiences. I mean, Matt grew up on a farm in West Chicago, which is not Chicago. It's a suburb on the west side of, of the city. And I grew up on the south side. And so when you think about those two things, the things that we say, the things that we eat, the way that we talk are two totally different worlds. But I think the thing that makes Matt and I's partnership magical is because we've committed to being on this lifelong journey together, right? You can't do equity work, which in my mind is hard work. It's not H-A-R-D, it's H-E-R-T work. It's hard work that really challenges what your core beliefs are, right? And I think that watching our elements and watching kind of his diversity of experiences and the, and the diversity that I've had in my own life, bringing those teams together are a force. And I think that you know, every DEI study that you read will talk about how diversity makes individuals better, right? When you think about some of the most prominent people, they hang out with all different kinds of socioeconomic classes. They hang out with all different races, all different backgrounds, all different religions. All of those things make us better humans because it allows us to take on someone's perspective. And I think the thing that Matt and I both acknowledge is I can never walk in his shoes and he can never walk in my shoes, but we can do a really effective job at walking alongside of each other. And that's the thing that I get most excited about. Not many times do you get to kind of do the work that you love the most with the person you consider your best friend and have a have a great time doing it. And that's the type of energy we want to put out in the world. So Just Act Partners is a consultancy focused on helping others do good. And it's in the name, Just Act. Just Act as in do acts of justice or just do something. Oftentimes as business leaders, it's so hard to decide and you have, you know, analysis after analysis until you're, you know, almost paralyzing yourself before you decide the right direction. And I think that the work of, of Matt and I isn't to, you know, be that consultant group to bring you another deck. It's to amplify the lived experience of what's happening in neighborhoods and pairing that with your company's uh, mission and strategy. And the thing that I love to say, which is our tagline is doing this work is not just going to have great impact. It's going to have great business results and even greater impact because of the nature of what you're doing. We saw it in Chatham and we can't wait to continue to allow and support other companies to have that same experience as they uh, make decisions to invest in South and West Side neighborhoods as well. It's such an incredible theme to think about based on what you just said. We've got the data, we've got analysis paralysis, we've got all the, the stuff, the numbers, the way that the world is being asked to look at business, especially, I want to th hear your thoughts on this. As I've been out in my business for almost a year now this week, I've learned that the way we're wanting to do business in the next, you know, let's say 50 or hundred years, it's getting, it's getting way back into kind of what you said about beyond the deck. So yeah. for you, what is beyond the deck? It's taken a very intentional approach to help build the capacity of others, right? When you think about the muscles that company have to have, you know, most companies have been located downtown in the loop, or, or maybe they're not a Chicago-based company at all, or maybe they're in one of our suburban areas, but corporations just don't exist on the South and West side. And if you think about all of the things, whether it's the lobby music or the food that you eat or how you commute or how you choose to put your child in daycare or not. All of those kind of rules of engagements look different on the South and West side of Chicago. And when we think about where our skill sets can be best leveraged, it isn't doing the work for companies because there's not a lot of learning in that, right? Most consulting groups will take the PowerPoint and make it look pretty and give it to you and, and have you analyze it. But we want to join hand in hand with you. Like, who is that business leader 
that are trying to develop the skills they need and how do we become a partner and support to that and to them, right? So we don't want to start another initiative. It's not our goal to you kind of spiral up our own body of work. All of our relationships are about partnerships, which is clearly in the name Just Act Partners. Well, we actually have more of a co-locating model where we will locate ourselves with our business partners in order to make sure the business leaders are successful and continue that journey with them. So we don't take on a lot of projects. Most of our work is retainer-based where we commit to a, an organization for a long period of time. So we're not just creating the initial implementation, but we want to make sure whatever you're doing regarding equity is sustainable because we know this is hard work. The moment you learn one lesson, guess what? There's another lesson to learn. And how do you do that in the way that enhances your capacity? It does it with the cultural competency needed to support neighborhoods in the right way. But it also walks, you walk away from the table as a business leader thinking, this is not just good for neighborhoods. This is good for my company. This is good for business. And we think that we have a unique opportunity to not only help bridge the gap, but make people be really successful while doing it. So Watis, Just Act Partners is about making sure the majority owner is a Black woman, which is you. Why choose a white man and not more Black women or Black representation across your ownership? Thank you for, for asking that question. I think it's important one to ask. One of the things that Matt and I joke about is right now our company is 50% female, 50% Black, and our commitment is this is the least diverse we'll ever be, right? And as we add other people to our team, there's a, a plethora of diverse talent and young talent that is able to do work and do it in a, in a, in a very effective way that we're, we're looking forward to, to bringing onto our, our partnership. But I would say the, the, the thing about Matt and I, and I think all of this is a testament, I don't think things in life happen by coincidence. I mean, obviously, you know, Matt had a thriving career and um, he could have continued that through to retirement. But I think it speaks volumes that someone would be willing to put their career in the hands of a young, aspiring Black woman, right? And I think that that, uh, we need more of that in our country. We need more power dynamics and shifts. And that's why we want our consultancy to be that way. Obviously, we could have created a business and had to be 50-50 ownership, et cetera. But it was important, not as much to me, but more so to Matt, that the world understands that, you know, it's a consultancy that I'm leading away for. And he didn't have to do that. But I think that that's what it takes for, you know, racial equity to have in our company. Oftentimes, and I think you know this from your professional corporate experience, is you have so many development programs geared towards women or development programs geared towards, you know, people of color. But the reality of it is, we are more ready now than we've ever been before. And all we need is an opportunity to lead, right? And I think that challenging traditional corporate structures is, is going to be very, very important in our consultancy. And quite honestly, us doing this on our own gives us more of an ability to speak truth to power. But the one of the things that I love about Matt and the reason why he's going to be my partner for life is he speaks truth to power and he comes from a place of power. And sometimes that's even more powerful when people who look like them are able to tell them all the ways in which we can become better to create a more inclusive economy for all of the above. And so it was kind of by happenstance. I mean, obviously, you know, I think that people say things like, I don't see color, um, which is important to see color because it allows us to represent the, the uniqueness of us all. But when Matt and I sit down at the table every single day, it's like two best friends that cannot 
wait to give each other updates about what's happened throughout the day. But a lot of that comes with tough conversations. I love sitting around the table with him and talking about the difference in, you know, black women's hair or, or talking about, you know, that some of the histories of systematic racism or talking about the great migration to Chicago and how black people were only able to live in certain neighborhoods or, or going to church on Sunday. And oftentimes at church, you see where, you know, it's easy for a black constituents to go and sit under a white leader, but but not so often do you see men like Matt who go to a black church and be led by a black pastor. And so all of those things, you know, matter in our consultancy, but it's intentional steps to make sure, again, we will never be able to walk in each other's shoes, but we can partner and walk alongside of each other. And we've committed to doing that on a lifelong journey. And so I couldn't be more thrilled to have him as a partner. Obviously, I could have probably approached any talented individual and sold a vision to, I believe if you give me five minutes with you, I can, I can make you believe anything, but I wouldn't have chosen anybody else. I'm super grateful that uh, he's chosen to be on the journey with me. And that's a true story. Yes. Five minutes. That's all you need. I was, I would say you need like a minute, two minutes. So yeah. I love what you said about, you know, people of color and women, we don't need one more mentorship or training. We don't need that. Like we're already equipped. It's like, I love what you said about, we just need the opportunity to step into that power. And um, what I'm hearing you say is, you know, Matt's beyond an ally. Yeah. And it's like beyond giving grace and space to the folks who might not get it. And we're going to talk about this more in a minute. Is it still that they're only wanting to hear from him, like a a person that looks like them? I, I think it's interesting. And Matt and I, spend a lot of time having these conversations and these discussions. And I think, you know, one of the things that I find to be most intriguing, even by human nature, is just cultural norms in which we are brought up with and, and upbringing. You know, here, here we are, you know, you got Matt, that's a 56-year-old white man. I'm a 33-year-old Black woman. And, you know, one of the things that we do in our consultancy is I have a love for tennis shoes and Matt's adopted that same love. So we intentionally wear the same kicks every day. And if I have it my way, we got the same thing on up top and the same sweatshirt or hoodie or t-shirt. And so you have these two people walking into your meetings or wherever we're going, looking like the Bobsy twins. And it's hard for people to understand, like, what is happening? Like, who are these intriguing people? So it makes for a very nice conversation starter, but it also opens up the gateway for us to have real conversations about racial inequities. I mean, I go to white spaces with Matt all the time and he comes to black spaces with me all the time. And it's super interesting afterwards for us to both have dialogue about, you know, why did that person say that? Or why did that person wear that? Or why does this sound this way? And it's super impactful because I think that one of the challenges that oftentimes happen in our neighborhoods is when we talk about business leaders, most of them haven't ever come south of the loop, right? And so how can you create solutions for communities and bodies of people that you have no lived experience walking with. And that's what I believe our consultancy stands for. And for now it's Matt, but I but I hope there'll be other good haired 56 year old <laughs> white men that's willing to take their times and their treasures and their talents to invest it in something that's more meaningful to them. And again, like, you know, the thing that I love about the conversation on racism and privileges, everyone should be able to walk in the confidence of knowing it's not a single person's fault. But we are all responsible for the systems that produce the outcomes that we have today. Nobody is exempt from that responsibility. And I think that when you have the opportunity to do this type of work and you've done this type of work, it's easy to say yes again and again and again. I can't imagine going back to a traditional corporate job and doing P&Ls and all those things. And again, we need folks to do that. So if you're listening and that's your job, 
we need you and we need you to continue doing that because we all have our different callings and giftings in life. But when you find that thing that makes you sparkle, when you find that thing that keeps you up at night, when you find that thing that doesn't feel like work and you want to go for 12 hours on edge, that's how you know you found the right thing. And I think that I would have been just fine trying to do this work on myself, but man, am I so much better by having the diversity of my partner to do it alongside of me that um, I'm super grateful for. That's amazing. I have to say the very first thing I noticed was that you were always matching shoes. When yes. I was doing the prep for our session today, I was like, so yeah, Miss Sue may kill me if I, if I send home another pair of shoes with Matt and they're in their house, but we, we have a lot of shoes. We enjoy it. How many shoes are in rotation? We probably have about 20 pair in rotation right now. Awesome. That's but we have a new rule. Every time we buy a pair, we have to donate a pair. So we, we do have that rule now. So the rule is exempt for me. I, I probably have 200 pair of shoes of my own. We probably have 20 matching pair or so, but that number will probably will not grow very much because we are going to commit to donating a pair whenever we replace a pair. Amazing. What he's at this point, we could easily talk about people who don't get the work, who do get the work, but it's it's bigger than that. Sure. Um, when you approach new opportunities for Just Act Partners, is there some sort of a an approach? Are you trying to change people's minds or are you going to the people that are already open and are seeking the thought leadership from both you and Matt and from the organization of Just Act Partners? How do you have those conversations? And again, are you trying to go to the ones that are most staunch in their ways and, and don't get it? Or what does that look like? It's absolutely a, a combination of both. Obviously, those leaders who already get it and see it, it's, it's always very interesting to me because when I sit down and have conversations with them about what makes them special or what makes them different, it is something core to them that they care about, right? It's that leader who you know, wants to reduce gun violence in Chicago because they want their kids to feel safe living in the city, which... I believe that no one deserves to feel any safer than anybody else. We should all have safety. But if that's your why, I can latch on to that and I can help you expand your bubble. It's more than just about your kids. It's about all kids, right? Or if someone is passionate about jobs and economic opportunities like myself because they watched their parents not have access to it, that's a why that we can latch on to. But we also meet with other business leaders who will share a gambit of of reasons as to why it's not a good time. They're scared of the backlash of affirmative action. They're scared of the current political climate in Chicago, you know, turning into a union town. They're scared that their employees would not want to come south of the loop. And what we do in those conversations is just ask them for the opportunity to show them the beauty of our neighborhoods, right? Because the work speaks for itself. When we go over to Pilsen and we watch and we see the partnerships that Dominican University has with the Resurrection Project and, the, and their ability to take Latinx students and give them access to a quality education, plus also job opportunities, plus also dormitories right in the heart of their neighborhoods that resonate with people. Or when we take people down to Chatham and allow them to tour the Discover facility and they can see that there are, you know, at the time, 600 thriving faces in the facility that have access to opportunities that they would have had to travel, you know, an hour one way to get to that resonates with them. And so I think that, you know, the biggest thing that I always talk about, and, and I know it's about business, but it's getting everybody to see the humanity in others. So our first conversation typically isn't about 
P&Ls and bottom lines. And there are some business leaders who care heavily about those things, but we got to figure out how to get to the source of you business leader. What do you believe? And if you spend enough time with us, we can convince you not necessarily to have our same beliefs, but we can convince you enough to be curious and allow you to go on that journey with us. And I think that the key to Matt and I's consultancy isn't everyone being at the point of belief. It's everyone being able to reckon with where they are on their journey because you can work with that, right? So when we know exactly where you are on your journey, it's much easier for us to coach you down the path to get you where we hope you'd be, but also understand like where your where your limits are, right? So maybe it's not a thousand jobs on the South Side. Maybe it's just providing, you know, more philanthropic dollars to South Side-based community organizations, we can take that too. So it's understanding where each organization is in their journey and cultivating that. And we always say, we don't want you to do charity work with us. We want you to do what you're going to do anyway as a company, but do it with the eye towards equity and inclusion. And that's the magic. I believe that Just Act Partners happen. So there's not a lot of convincing. It's showing them a different way to the things they're already going to do. Watis, where do we find you? You can find me everywhere on, on most of my personal social media pages. It's Jay Gathings, uh, my first initial last name. You can find me on LinkedIn. I, I try to be active there to share the good news. Uh, one of the things that I'm super passionate about is not allowing the neighborhoods that I care about to be shaped through a single narrative. Obviously, we know that violence and crime and all those things on, on the media, those clicks is what those folks care about. But there are just as many, actually far more, people who are doing the right thing, uh, working hard on behalf of Chicago residents, supporting neighborhoods in the way that um, everybody deserves. And those are the voices that need to be amplified. So if I, if I could stay in my cocoon, I would. But I believe social media is a platform and an engine for us to be able to share good news beyond what's pushed down our throats through the media. JustActPartners.com is our website. You can subscribe there. Um, you can send me a note. I believe my email and cell phone number is on the site. So feel free to, to reach out at any time. We love to have conversations. I'd love to uh, grab a, a cup of coffee with you. And if you're not in Chicago, catch you over Zoom. But um, that, that's what the world needs more of. It needs more uh, connections and people to be kind to one another. Awesome. Closing remarks as we wrap up. Well, I just want to say thank you for your work. Uh, thank you for creating a space where you know, women and others can talk about all the great things that they're doing. I'm excited to to now be a, a subscriber and listener to to hear the stories of a fellow people who show up on your podcast. But um, it's really important. And oftentimes we don't slow down to celebrate one another. So I just want to celebrate you and tell you congratulations on being so brave and stepping out and doing all the things that that make you happy and bring you joy. And I think that more people uh, needs access to it. So I wish you the greatest of success is your podcast. You have a new listener in me and I can't wait to see all the amazing things you're going to do to help people have a better walk in their life. Thank you, Watis. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. 